Gracious Father, Lord, as uh, we uh, pause for these few moments together this morning as we open up your eternal word, uh, and as we've just sung, that we want to know your desire. Uh, and today we have the opportunity to glean uh, once more from your word. Uh, we get to do so in freedom in this place, uh, to be able to enjoy, uh, to know uh, that uh, joy that is uh, beyond all measure, uh, peace that passes all understanding. Uh, as we find ourselves uh, applying your word uh, to our everyday lives. And Lord, I pray that we would be encouraged as we see more of uh, this first verse in Ephesians chapter 1, and that you would be glorified as a result. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, if you have your Bibles this morning, you can go ahead and open up to Ephesians chapter 1 just to refresh your memory. Uh, we are still in verse 1. Uh, because each one of the phrases as we've taken a look at so far, um, you know, our starting Sunday was uh, a few weeks back as I gave some introductory considerations to the book of Ephesians. Uh, last time uh, we took a look at the, just the word Paul, uh, and we, we uh, learned who Paul was before he made the claim, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God. Uh, and for those present today, uh, there was something that you had a little bit of a reinforcement uh, in the New Testament live uh, walk through the Bible. And so uh, I'm going to ask the question, what does this mean? Paul, Paul's conversion. There you go. So uh, you had one of those uh, highlights in the New Testament uh, because uh, Paul's conversion was a testimony to God uh, uh, saving uh, even the most, as we could see, uh, most difficult, uh, the most unlikely individual, because uh, as Paul even admits from his own tongue uh, that uh, he it was one who was a persecutor of the church, uh, and uh, it was by the grace of God that uh, he uh, was able to uh, completely flip uh, from being a persecutor of Christians, even to the point of seeing them put in jail or even put to death. Uh, as we uh, talked about uh, the other one, uh, the symbols from yesterday, uh, which was commenting, we weren't quite sure with what it looked like, but there was another one that went like this. And who was that? Stephen. Okay, and we, we talked about that last time together uh, in relation to the heavens opening up. And uh, uh, Pastor Mark made the uh, association there of, of noticing that Jesus was standing, uh, um, you know, at the right hand of the throne. Uh, which normally scripturally we see him sitting. Uh, and so that standing was uh, in uh, approval of Stephen's uh, sacrifice of his life for the testimony of, of, of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so today we're going to take a look at the phrase Paul, an apostle. Uh, and that's all the farther we're going to get uh, today as we continue to look at this because we need to know what an apostle is. Uh, because there has been some confusion even today. Uh, in relation to uh, what an apostle is uh, and what it was uh, in biblical uh, first century uh, church. And so uh, we're going to begin by taking a look at the difference between a disciple of Christ and an apostle of Christ. Uh, and so a disciple, uh, as you know, by definition, is someone who is a follower or a learner uh, of someone else's teaching. Uh, you can be a disciple in any field of, of, of study, any field of knowledge. Uh, you can be a disciple. Uh, if you like uh, gardening, you can be a disciple of gardening. 
uh, because you can study it, uh, you learn everything there is to know about it, you look to others who can speak to that subject, who uh, maybe are better at uh, making things grow than you. Uh, and so you can be a disciple of that particular uh, subject matter and that particular teaching. But in relation to Christ, a disciple of Christ is every person who has put their faith and trust in Jesus. So if you've put your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ for salvation, uh, have repented of your sins and trusted in him alone as your Savior, the only one who can forgive you of your sin and make you right uh, before uh, the holy God of all, then you are a disciple. Uh, and so that means that you should be a follower, a learner uh, of Christ's teaching. Uh, you're learning Christ's ways, you're following his example, and you're worshiping him as the Son of God. Uh, and that is what a disciple of Christ uh, is defined as. And so everyone who has put their faith and trust in Christ is a disciple. So the question is, are you learning? Are you following the Lord Jesus Christ? Are you worshiping him in spirit and in truth? When an apostle is someone who is sent on a mission as an ambassador or a herald or a messenger. Uh, and uh, we can actually take a look and see today, uh, as I, you know, as we have been mapping out this, I didn't know uh, that the Gilberts were going to be with us today. Uh, but this fits in perfectly with uh, what God has called them to do. Uh, and as we think about an apostle uh, of uh, the Lord Jesus Christ, or an apostle of Christ, as Paul says here, uh, by the will of God, uh, we need to define what an apostle is uh, biblically. Uh, and so in Hebrews chapter 3, verse 1, Jesus was actually called an apostle. It says, therefore, holy brothers, you who share in a heavenly calling, consider Jesus, the apostle and high priest of our confession. So how is Jesus an apostle? Well, Jesus was sent by the Father, and he was sent by the Father and given the authority to communicate and to preach a message of repentance and forgiveness in himself. Uh, as that once-for-all sacrifice. And so Jesus was an apostle. He communicated a truth, and he was sent by the Father to do that, to do all that he was uh, commanded and uh, to do what was established for before the foundation of the world that uh, would be brought forth in his uh, eventual death, burial, and resurrection. Uh, so that when he said it is finished on the cross, he had finished what he was sent to do and he had preached repentance, and he gave himself as that sacrifice. Well, the thing I need to distinguish here is that, as you can see, that third point on the screen is that every apostle of Jesus Christ was also a disciple. But not every disciple of Jesus was an apostle. Uh, and so we need to take and look and see how this special group that Jesus called out from amongst his disciples— because Jesus had many that followed him, uh, but there was only a few, a handful, that he chose to be his apostles. Because uh, Jesus actually called 12 of his disciples to be his 12 apostles, giving them the authority to preach a message of repentance, uh, perform signs and wonders which would lay the foundation of the early church. Uh, we read in Ephesians uh, chapter 2, verse 20, that it was built upon the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone. Uh, 
And so the apostles in the first century were, uh, had a particular calling, a particular focus, and were given a, a particular uh, ability uh, to do things uh, that uh, the rest of Christ's disciples could not because they were called out as apostles. And so we're going to be spending a, uh, some time bouncing around to some different scriptures this morning. And so uh, you don't need to keep your finger in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 1. Uh, by now you probably have that first section memorized. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God. And so I want you to, to turn over to Matthew chapter 10 as we take a, a look uh, at the 12 original apostles uh, that were called by God out of those that were his disciples. Uh, we find that uh, account in Matthew chapter 10, verses 1 to 4. <clears throat> it says there, And he called to him his twelve disciples and gave them authority over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal every disease and every affliction. The names of the twelve apostles are these. First, Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother. Philip and Bartholomew, Thomas and Matthew, the tax collector, James, the son of Alphaeus, and Thaddeus, Simon, the Cananean, and Judas Iscariot, who betrayed him. It's interesting, as we know, those first uh, 12 apostles were given the ability to perform signs and wonders, as we'll take a look at here in just a few moments, to separate them out from the rest of Jesus' disciples. Because they had a particular mission, they had a particular focus on what they were doing. Uh, and even as we see here in this list, uh, it, it has Judas Iscariot, uh, who betrayed him. Uh, and this was actually a fulfillment of prophecy. Jesus knew that Judas was going to betray him. Matter of fact, in John chapter 6, verse 70, it says, Have I not chosen you, the twelve? Yet one of you is a devil. And so Jesus knew that Judas would betray him. And what would eventually end up taking place is, is they would replace uh, Judas Iscariot as uh, one of the 12 apostles uh, with Matthias, as we read in Acts chapter 1. So then they cast lots for uh, them, and the lot fell on Matthias. And he was numbered uh, with the 11 apostles. Uh, and so here we have that list of these 12 apostles uh, that were... Uh, by the hand of God and by the grace of God called out for a particular purpose to be uh, sent on a mission as ambassadors uh, of uh, repentance uh, and forgiveness in Jesus Christ. And so Jesus ends up sending them out because if you take a look there in Matthew chapter 10 verses 5 and following, uh, we have that account. It says these 12 Jesus sent out instructing them Go nowhere among the Gentiles and enter no town of the Samaritans, but go rather to the lost sheep uh, of the house of Israel. Verse 7, and proclaim as you go, saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse lepers, and cast out demons. You receive without pain, give without pay. Acquire no gold, nor silver, nor copper for your belts. No bag for your journey, nor two tunics, nor sandals, nor a staff, for the laborer deserves his food. And so Jesus sent them out with a particular focus. And you'll notice right now, these original 12 uh, apostles were sent out first and foremost to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. 
for Israel to see that Jesus Christ was the Messiah, to communicate a message of repentance and forgiveness in Jesus Christ, the one who they wanted to stone because he claimed to be the Son of God. Well, as we know, he is the Son of God, and what he proclaimed was the truth. And that what he said in John 14, 6, as uh, you know, he put forth, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and that no one comes to the Father except through me. And so Jesus Christ sent them out with that message uh, and gave them the ability, uh, as they told the house of Israel, that the kingdom of heaven is at hand, that they could heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse lepers, and cast out demons. Which is not something that every disciple of Jesus Christ uh, had the ability to do. Only those that were called out by God, those that were apostles, that would have that ability. And we see, too, from the book of Acts, as well as 2 Corinthians 12, what the qualifications of the 12 apostles were. And so if you uh, turn over to Acts chapter 1, uh, verses 21 and 22, we get a picture of exactly the qualifications of an apostle. Uh, it says there in verse 21, So one of the men who have, uh, have accompanied us during all the time that the Lord Jesus went in and out among us, beginning from the baptism of John until the day when he was taken up from us, one of these men must become with us a witness to his resurrection. So part of what was a qualification for an apostle was that they were someone who accompanied Jesus, that sat down under his teaching, whether he went out uh, or in or out, wherever he went, uh, someone who was an apostle was under uh, Jesus' teaching. But also, too, there at the end of verse 22, you see that they were also those who were a witness to his resurrection. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 12, it says, The signs of a true apostle were performed among you with utmost patience, with signs and wonders and mighty works. So again, we see here in Paul's letter to the church at Corinth, where there's a separation out of what an apostle was as opposed to what uh, a disciple uh, in the Lord Jesus Christ was. And also in Acts chapter 10, uh, we get a, a fuller picture, a little bit more defined uh, uh, of what we read in, in Acts chapter 1. It says in verse 39 and following, And we are witnesses of all that he did in the country of the Jews and in Jerusalem. They put him to death by hanging him on a tree, and God raised him on the third day and made him to appear. And then verse 41 says, Not to all the people, but to us who had been chosen by God as witnesses, who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. And he commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one appointed by God to be judge of the living and the dead. To him, all the prophets bear witness that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. And so here in Acts chapter 10, we have a little bit more of a definition of that outworking of what the calling of the apostles were. Those original 12 had the uh, ability as those who uh, had been with Jesus as he uh, was uh, witnessing to the Jews in Jerusalem, uh, but also too were witnesses to his death uh, and his, his appearing uh, after his resurrection. Uh, and you'll notice there in verse 41, it says, those who had been chosen by God as witnesses who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. So they had been in the presence of the risen Lord. 
And so as we see that, this is what the qualifications of the original 12 apostles were. Those that were called out by God, that were separated out among those who had put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Everyone else who was a disciple. Uh, and the apostles themselves also being disciples. And then we come and we find as that in our, our background of what uh, apostles were and uh, what Christ did in calling out those original 12. We see Paul make the claim in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 1, Paul, an apostle of Christ by the will of God. And so what we need to do is in our, our final moments together this morning is I want to take a look at Paul as an apostle of Christ Jesus. Because you know that as we've taken a look here, Jesus uh, you know, called out originally 12 men from his disciples, one of which was Judas, and Judas was replaced. And they didn't add on to that number other than to replace Judas, to keep the number at 12. Uh, and they, they cast lots, trusting God to... Uh, through the lot, uh, give them the man that would take Judas's place so that the original 12 would be able to continue to do what God had called them out to do, as well as the, the extra ability to do signs and wonders among the people to verify that they uh, were truly apostles of the Lord Jesus Christ. See, as you remember, Paul started out as a zealous Pharisee. He was a persecutor of the church. He persecuted people to the point of even death, giving approval, as we uh, know in, in Acts, of even Stephen being stoned. <clears throat> he was seeking to extinguish the disciples of Jesus Christ. That's what he lived for. That's what he, his call was. And he believed wholeheartedly that what he was doing honored God. But see, Paul had a separate set or a special set of circumstances as an apostle. Uh, and I'd like us to take a look at that, and, and this will bring us through the book of Acts and uh, one passage in Galatians as well, because I want you to see Paul's special set of circumstances as an apostle, uh, because he was, as it were, somewhat of an exception to that original 12. Uh, but as you know from the qualifications of the 12 apostles, Paul is actually going to uh, fill each one of those uh, as someone that was specially called out. Because first, we know from Acts chapter 9 that Paul was in the presence of the resurrected Christ. How do we know that? Well, from his own testimony. In chapter 9, verses 3 through 5, it says, Now as he went on his way, he approached Damascus, and suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him, and falling to the ground, he heard the voice uh, saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. So here Paul found himself even pre-conversion uh, in the presence of the resurrected Christ, which, as we know, took away his sight uh, and uh, you know, set the stage for him trusting Christ as his Savior, being called out, uh, and called to uh, the complete opposite of what he used to be. Because we know from Acts chapter 9, verse 15, that he was actually a chosen instrument of God. But the Lord said to him, Go, for he is a chosen instrument of mine to carry my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. So you'll notice that Paul had a little bit different of a beginning focus. 
because it says he was called by name as an instrument of God before the Gentiles, which, you know, the original 12, they were not to take their message to uh, the uh, Gentiles or enter a town of the Samaritans, but rather to go to the lost sheep of Israel. So the apostles original 12 uh, had a focus of the children of Israel because God's grace was still shed upon them because Israel was still God's chosen people from all the way back to the Old Testament uh, time, uh, beginning with Abraham uh, as he called him out. But see, so uh, Paul uh, was in the presence of the resurrected Christ, which we know is a qualification. He was a chosen instrument. So he did not choose to be an apostle of Jesus Christ. He didn't say, well, I'm going to add that to my, my long list of qualifications as a Pharisee of Pharisees. No, remember, he persecuted the church. He persecuted believers. But here he is chosen by God as an instrument. So again, we see that it's God who determined who an apostle would be. Then in Galatians chapter 1, verses 11 and 12, Paul was taught through a revelation of Jesus. Listen to what he says here. He says, For I would have you know, brothers, that the gospel that was preached by me is not man's gospel. So this is not something that Paul made up. This is not something that he got from another man. Where did he get it from? Verse 12. For I did not receive it from any man, nor was I taught it, but I received it through a revelation of Jesus Christ. So one of the other qualifications of apostle was is that they sat under the teaching of Jesus. Well, here Paul says he got uh, his, the message of repentance in Christ, the gospel message. He received it through a revelation of Jesus Christ, so direct revelation. So he was taught directly by the Lord. And then two other things uh, in relation to Paul fulfilling these qualifications uh, is that Paul, by the power of God, performed extraordinary miracles. In Acts chapter 19, verse 11, it says, And God was doing extraordinary miracles by the hands of Paul. So Paul was able to do something that a, a regular disciple was unable to do, to do these miracles because God had you know, revealed himself through Jesus Christ, had set him apart and as an instrument of his own and taught him everything he would need to know to proclaim the Lord Jesus Christ as one who fulfilled and met the qualifications of a New Testament apostle. So much so that as people looked at Paul, uh, they were confounded uh, by the testimony of Jesus Christ. They couldn't wrap their minds around the fact that this was the same individual that was dragging people out of their homes to bring them before the leadership, uh, before the, the, the judicial system of the Jews for punishment, all because they put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Verse 22 of Acts 9 says, But Saul increased all the more in strength and confounded the Jews who lived in Damascus by proving that Jesus was the Christ. See, God called Paul out for a very special mission to be uh, a, a very special apostle of his, to have a, uh, a, tr a transformation, a, a testimony like no other, where Jesus Christ himself would appear to him 
and blind him and open up his eyes to the, the need of Jesus Christ, the very one he was persecuting, the very one that he persecuted and had others killed for, is exactly what Paul would be a messenger or an ambassador of. And that is the saving grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the thing is, as we take a look at this too, is that Paul never claimed to be part of the original 12 apostles. You'll notice here in Ephesians 1.1, he says, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God. Again, it wasn't his choosing. It wasn't the apostles that chose him. It was God that chose him. It was the will of God. And we can read here in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 3 and following of Paul speaking to this. He says, For I delivered to you of, as of first importance what I also received, that Christ Jesus died for our sins in accordance with the Scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day accordance with the Scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas, then to the Twelve. Then he appeared to more than 500 brothers at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles. And then verse 8. Last of all. Notice where Paul situates himself. He says, last of all, as to one untimely born. So even as he sees the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ in coming to him on that road uh, to Damascus and opening his eyes to his need, he still sees himself as one who was untimely born. He says, he appeared also to me. Well, who appeared to him? Jesus Christ did, the resurrected Lord. For I am the least of the apostles, unworthy to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace toward me was not in vain. See, Paul separates himself out from the original 12 apostles and their calling of God. But as we see the special set of circumstances that Paul found himself in, he meets all the requirements of an apostle of the Lord Jesus Christ. His was an, an individual, very special case, as he says, by the will of God. He was called out to be uh, an, an ambassador for the Lord Jesus Christ to the Gentiles. It doesn't mean that he did not communicate the truth to others, but his primary focus was to the Gentiles. So what does this all mean for us today? You know, as we think about Paul, an apostle of the Lord Jesus Christ, um, what uh, does this mean as far as uh, an application for us today? And I need you guys to move the PowerPoint forward, please. Thank you. Uh, first is that there are no special apostles like the 12 in Paul today. Because we cannot claim that we've seen the resurrected Christ. We cannot claim that we are a chosen uh, instrument of his for a particular purpose uh, of, uh, you know, proclaiming uh, Christ to the world uh, as uh, an original uh, apostle. Uh, we have not sat under the direct teaching of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, and we have not, do not have the ability to do extraordinary miracles like Paul or to do signs and wonders and mighty works like the apostles were given the ability to do, to affirm that they were sent from God to communicate a message to those who were dead in their trespasses and sins and in need of reconciliation. And see, as we look back, we know that the foundation of the church has been laid. 
Uh, and we know from Ephesians 2.20 that it was built upon the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone. So that groundwork has already been laid. So how do we look at what was a special office of apostle for 12 men, particularly selected by the Lord Jesus Christ, but also Paul, who was a special apostle that was sent to the Gentiles? Well, we look at this and see from the definition of what an an apostle is, is one who is sent on a mission as an ambassador or a herald or a messenger. So are we actually apostles today? Well, we are not special in relation to what the first century New Testament church apostle is defined as. We don't meet those qualifications, but we are sent on a mission as ambassadors, as heralds, as messengers of saving faith through Jesus Christ. Go, therefore, into all the world and preach the gospel. Christ's commission to the church in Matthew 28, 19, and 20. See, we are all ambassadors of Christ with a message of reconciliation. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 18 through 21 says, All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. So what is an apostle, someone who is sent look like today because we are not a new testament apostle we don't meet those qualifications but we do meet the qualification of someone who is a son or daughter of the king of kings and lord of lords someone who has put their faith and trust in jesus christ someone who has been reconciled to god through the blood of jesus christ and so what a an apostle would look like uh, that is different today is someone who is sent to communicate the gospel truth. And that's something that we are all commissioned to do. Whether you realize it or not, the modern equivalent of an apostle today is a missionary. Now, we support missionaries that go where we cannot go. And today, we heard from the Gilberts. They are a missionary family that have been called by God to be a communicator of the the gospel truth of salvation and repentance through Jesus Christ. And they're going to Spain because we all can't go to Spain. Now, we might visit them sometime in Spain uh, on a missions trip. But the truth is, is that we can't all go to all the, the uttermost parts of the world. But we do have a responsibility as those who are called by God to be missionaries in our Jerusalem, our Judea, our Samaria, and our uttermost parts of the world. The Gilberts are are sent missionaries as those to the uttermost parts of the world. But you know what? You have a Jerusalem. You have a Judea. You even have a Samaria, which you can minister and be a, an ambassador of the good news of salvation through Jesus Christ. And so the question is, are you answering that call? Because remember, 
you're automatically a disciple when you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. So are you learning? Are you, you know, delving deep into the word of God as we, we talked about and sung about this morning so that you can know what the Father's heart is? Well, what's the Father's heart? To seek and to save the lost. Because the whole reason that Jesus Christ came was to seek and to save the lost. So we have that message of, of, of glorious hope that, yes, we may not be the Apostle Paul who can say that he is an apostle of the Lord Jesus Christ by the will of God. But we are all sons and daughters by the grace and the will of God when we put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And so will you answer that call to be, as it were, a modern-day apostle, someone who is sent on a mission as an ambassador or a herald or a messenger of saving faith through Jesus Christ? Because you've been commanded to do so. Go, therefore. It doesn't say if you want to or if it's convenient for you or if it's uh, not going to cost you something. Because remember who you are an ambassador of the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, what did it cost Christ? Stepping down out of heaven, you know, veiling his glory, experiencing the weaknesses of humanity and getting tired and hungry. All for what? Well, for one, the purpose of being obedient to the Father, the death on a cross, but not just to die but to be resurrected so that we can have hope and, and the assurance of salvation through Jesus Christ. And so answer that call. We all have someone who needs to hear about saving faith through Jesus Christ. We do have a special mission, not as a first century apostle, but as a modern day bearer, herald, messenger, of salvation through Jesus Christ. Let's bow for a closing word of prayer. Gracious Father, Lord, we do thank you for uh, the message today, Lord. We thank you for the example of those that you called out from among your disciples to have a very special uh, cause, a very special focus as they uh, were sent out with um, special abilities uh, to verify that they were sent from you to be able to do what uh, uh, normal man could not uh, because all those miracles all those uh, healings were done by the power of god uh, a power that you gave to those individuals for a very special purpose to lay the foundation for what we now enjoy today and that is the church of the lord jesus christ uh, those who have been called out those who have been saved by grace through faith in your son and Lord, Father, we do thank you for that privilege. We thank you for uh, that joy, that hope, that peace that we have through faith in your son. And Lord, I pray that we, as we look back on our time in the Sermon on the Mount, that we would not hide that message under a bushel, but instead that that would be a light on a hill so that others can see our, our faith in Christ and can give you, God the Father, all the glory because of what your son, Jesus Christ, accomplished. And it's in his name we pray.